it's okay to stay busy. It's okay to 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 wear a lot of hats. I think the danger comes in is when you're not locked into your purpose. You're not locked into what you're called to do. Welcome back to the Better Than Best Academy. Today's guest is a, a youth pastor, a worship director, a preacher, a ministry leader at his church, wearing all the hats in true ministry fashion. His name is Caleb. Now, Caleb, I love opening our conversations on this podcast up with, with this question. It kind of breaks the ice. It kind of gets the ball rolling. So I want to ask you, what will make today's conversation extraordinary? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I don't know that there's anything particular about me that's going to make the conversation extraordinary. I think I've got an extraordinary opportunity for creatives and Christian creatives of the like to discuss, and I think it'll be a great conversation. Awesome. I love that. With that said, the people that usually watch this, they are creatives, so it's totally fine if we, we reach into the different worlds, but really that world of being creative. So I would love for you to share a little bit of yourself and yeah. let the people know at home, who is Caleb? For sure. Caleb, like you said, he wears a, a couple of different hats. I'm a youth pastor. I love being a youth pastor and being involved in my church in any capacity that I can help out in, obviously, while trying not to burn out and burn the candle at both ends, you know, Seriously. but the opportunity is so awesome for me to be able to invest in young people. And I, I love it. And then on top of that, being able to to minister with the word and preaching and, and teaching occasionally with the youth every week, I, I will teach a lesson and, and whatnot. But on top of that, worship ministry. So every week I, I pick the songs and I lead worship as the main worship leader. So we're working on a like a worship leader rotation right now, but I am the the main worship leader. But yeah, absolutely, I I enjoy doing that for my local assembly, and then what I do to sustain an income would be producing. So I produce music for Christian artists. You know, they come to me with a fully fledged song or even a song idea, and I will take that and I'll, I'll flesh it out musically and. Um, produce it, mix and master it so that it's you know, radio ready. So I have a lot of, a lot of fun doing that. So, so much fun. I love it. So many hats and so many different things that you do. I would love to ask you that follow-up question because also being someone who served a lot in youth playing the youth service that we have and being one of three drummers and two campuses, I'm playing most Sundays and special events. And oh, most yeah. youth nights. So I totally understand what it's like to not burn the candle at both ends, but also be sometimes on the edge of burnout. So I would to hear your thoughts on that idea of when you're serving and you're juggling a lot of things at once. What is something that you do to not burn out? Yeah, one huge thing is to delegate. I cannot recommend it enough is to get yourself a team. Whether you're in youth ministry or you're even in worship ministry, delegating tasks in youth ministry at my church, I've got a youth team. So very much into delegating certain tasks that will lift the burden off them. That way I'm not doing everything. That that is that was a lesson I had to I had to learn. I grew up 
kind of under the mentality that if you wanted something done right, you you did it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I get um, that. That was a big lesson I had to learn in order to free up some time and some brain cell power. I needed to be able to to and then I think as well, it's it's okay to stay busy. It's okay to 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 wear a lot of hats. I think the danger comes in is when you're not locked into your purpose. You're not locked into what you're called to do. And when you're not locked into your purpose and what you're called to do, the tendency uh, happens to be burnout. When you're when you're not locked into your purpose, those things that are draining your time, they I'll, I'll reverse it. When you're when you're locked into your purpose, when you're locked into your calling, those things energize you. They give you the juice. They give you the energy. So when you when you're working hard, when you're working that overtime, it it doesn't drain the juice. It just gives you energy. Yeah, that's that's so good, and I can definitely piggyback off of that. And I've I've helped a few of my my clients as being a coach for creatives, a mindset coach for creatives, a big thing that I help creatives with is that burnout. So one of the things that I do that's super practical and easy is I have them take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on one side write energizes, and on the other side write drains, and yeah. then just write down the things that energizes them and drains them. And you could even do that, you listening or watching this episode is take a few minutes, even pause the video and do that. And you'll be so surprised how many times we get into these spaces of, like you said, being busy is fine when you're in your calling, when you're locked into your purpose. But when you're busy doing all the things that you dread, all the things that drain you, then of course you're going to feel burnt out. Man, that, yeah. that's so good. I love that. So I'd love to ask you this next question. Out of all the things you do by wearing so many hats, what makes you feel alive? Yeah, I would say that's a great question. I would say everything that I do in its entirety is under one giant hat is that and that I, I'm called to be a worshiper and a child of God for one thing, whether I'm working in production, whether I'm I'm working to invest in young people, it's all under one big umbrella and that is to equip people to go out in and teach the gospel, preach the gospel in order for the expansion of God's kingdom, I would say is the the short answer. Man, I, I, I love that. And I would totally agree. Man, that's cool. I, I love meeting more people that are obviously involved in music, but also involved in their church and doing so many, wearing so many hats, but doing it in a space where it's fulfilling. And they're yep. not being burnt out by it because it's so easy to see a lot of, a lot of, like you said, there's, there's really easy for us to get into these spaces of burnout or get into these spaces of just dreading what we do. But again, that goes back to, you truly have to find your calling and find your purpose and understand what, what your identity is and what you do, man, I would love for you to share a little bit more yeah. about the, the production side of what you're doing. So I think that's sure. really interesting and, and just kind of explain a little bit more of like how you got started into that. Who exactly do you help as far as when it comes yeah. to production and what kind of services you provide? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my, my flagship statement is that I help Christian artists create songs that inspire breakthroughs. Breakthrough is kind of a, 
it can be it's kind of a vague term but also at the same time breakthrough could be a number of things but ultimately um my mission is to help equip christian artists to take their testimony to take their story it could be any one of their stories in in their walks with god and make it into song form i guess what what kind of got me started on this this whole production journey taking it back a little bit i guess i i've always um had a thing for music i wasn't always involved in music what kind of got me on the the music train was my uh, one of my best friends growing up he was a piano prodigy essentially and i thought he was the coolest thing and i wanted to be like ethan because ethan could hear any song and he could play it on the piano and i i wanted to be cool like ethan um but I I actually didn't learn piano. I, I picked up the guitar because I thought the guitar was just a little bit cooler, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I learned I learned guitar and, and the rest is history. You know, I, I got involved in my youth group playing guitar for the, the youth band and, and getting involved in the church band eventually. And when I was about 16, I wrote my first song and it was... It wasn't the worship song, and I I thought that was kind of unique in that the music the music that I was mostly exposed to it was it was worship music. It had a very particular sound, you know, very particular lyrics lyrics that you could hear in many other songs. Sometimes the same phrases and, and same words, and I thought to myself as this sixteen seventeen year old kid, like man, no, there's artists that are are writing. Christian songs that aren't worship music, but I feel like there's a there's there's a gap um, in in testimony songs, just real raw, authentic Christian lyrics or faith based lyrics that that revolve around his life being revolutionized by by the power of God, and that's that's kind of what birthed me wanting to to help in in production with with these these artists that I come across. I was on the artist journey myself a little bit, and I, I still consider myself somewhat of a, a musical artist. I'm not, I don't always pursue releasing my own music. In fact, I've got one of my own songs coming out here in a couple of weeks, but I, I really get the juice in helping other artists, bringing their visions and their songs to life and their music. And that's what I want to do. I believe God has called called his people to a different level, called them beyond mediocrity. I think when I listen to some Christian song revenues or radio stations or you can find it anywhere. You know, I think there's there's a level of improvement I think that can take place. And I want to be a part of that movement in helping Christians put their testimonies and their authenticity to music. I agree 100%. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Christian radio and it's, I heard it said best. There was another guy that I, another podcast I was listening to. And it's really sad that the state of Christianity as a whole and Christian music is we can get into this space where people are like, you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. I made a song that's Christian. So you have to listen and you have to like it. And that's not the case at all. Stop making corny, (laughs) cruddy music. Make better art. I look at it with this idea of, I love one of the core values of my church is excellence is our spirit. And it's that idea of, obviously, we're not chasing perfection, but we're chasing this sense of excellence. And I believe that we serve such a big and 
mighty God that he requires excellent, beautiful, creative art. And man, that gets me fired up. And I love that that's your thing. You're an artist. At your core, you are wanting to help other artists. What is it about helping other artists that you love most? Oh, man, I, I just love it's It's ingrained in in my DNA in, in helping people. I love I love helping people. One of the things that really lights the fire under me is when in a good way, when I create music to somebody's rough demo and all of a sudden this huge light bulb just comes off or goes on above their head and you can you can see the glow in their face like, wow, like I didn't know that my song could sound like that or or feel like that that's that's what really gets me energized and makes me believe that what i'm doing is important and it sounds like you are i saw that one clip that you posted in the one group we're in and those drums are hard i was like okay like and it was cool because you showed the before and after i think you had a clip of the demo and then you had a clip of what it became and the evolution of it and i thought yeah. that was so cool to see that journey man so there's some people that are going to be listening and yeah. they're definitely probably in that space. There may be newer artists. Maybe they've been artists for a while, but they just get into that space where production's not their, their strong suit. They can write songs. They, when it's them and a guitar, a lot of times acoustic guitar, I can think of one person in particular. It comes to mind, a friend of mine that's even been on the, the show. And she was mentioning how that's the pigeonhole for her is that she's got this song in its rawest form. But in her head, she hears it as some, something so much more grand. So if you were to talk to someone that was listening, what would you say to them as far as what would be some of the steps to take to get to that, that level, whether it's reaching out to you or whatever it may be? Yeah, I would say, hey, as human beings, we are not wired to do anything successfully by ourselves like there's oh, strength in community i would say one of the hard lessons that i had to learn even as a producer who plays multiple instruments is that i cannot do everything by myself it takes a team when i decided to pursue production as a career myself i tried tried doing it myself and certainly i'm sure there's there's people that would have the the tenacity and, and maybe even the talent to to break out and and be able to make it on their own i realized hey i need to hire somebody i need to invest time i need to invest even money um and it was uncomfortable because frankly i didn't want to spend what i spent in the beginning and I was gung-ho, even if it meant spending what I had to spend and investing the amount of time that I had to spend in, in hiring this business coach. I Yeah, I would say it comes down to that moment where you realize that this, this picture and this vision is, is bigger than what I can, I can take it. I need else to, to step in and, and help me. I love that you mentioned that, how you need somebody, you needed somebody to step in and help. And it's that idea of community, but even more so is that idea of getting a coach or getting a mentor or getting someone that's really going to take you to the next level. And that's so important. And that's really a cornerstone of what I, I always find myself preaching on this podcast is community and finding coach, finding coaches, finding mentors, finding those people that are going to take you to the next level. Because it's true. We can't do this alone. We don't see 360. 
on our lives, on our art. We can only see 180. And especially when it comes to when we're creating something, when yeah. we've heard it a million times, we're going to miss those little things. Yeah. We're going to miss like a perfect example. I was playing Sunday, yesterday, I was playing the, the set and our sound guy, who's also a drummer, came in and he mentioned, he was like, man, when you built into that last chorus, what if you really opened up on the crash and mm -hmm. really opened up to the rock groove? And I was like, I was opening up, but I was opening up on my ride and my ride's super dry. So wow. like, the energy just went, whoop. Yeah. I didn't notice that because I'm in a drum cage. So like <laughs> my perspective, I was like, what do you mean, man? Like, cause at a moment I was like, wait, what do you mean? I was killing it. I'm sweating. I'm getting into it. Yeah. And, then I was like, and then today, as I'm helping this guy through this drum lesson, I'm listening outside of the cage and I notice him crashing out on the ride. And I'm like, dude, that's so quiet. And it dawned on me. It was like another reminder. We need those people that are going to say, hey, see those blind spots, man. That's that's so good. So that yeah. would be an uh, easy, practical tip for those at home. Like if you're listening and you feel stuck in your creativity, you feel stuck in your your songwriting, whatever it may be, reach out to somebody. Even if it's someone you know that's going to give you that honest opinion on a song, do it because that's what's really going to get you further, faster. Man, I, I love that that thought. So how long have you been producing? I have been officially producing since the end of 2020. I guess I've been dabbling since I was seen, so eight, eight years-ish, but my my production skills back then lack a much back then so <laughs> so i would say professionally the end of 2020 is when i started producing that's fair but you did start sooner with that my my question here would be so i'd love for you to tell me about a time where you faced like your biggest failure but what was the lesson you learned from it yeah, one of my biggest failures in in production, I would say, ashamedly admit that I'm not perfect. <laughs> and there we there was a particular project we had we had set the terms and made the agreements, and I had committed to certain deadlines, and I had become so overwhelmed with um, with church tasks and other production things that. The project just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, and I wasn't meeting my deadlines. And the guy, you know, he he came to me and he was like, "Hey, you know, I think it's best that we we cut ties, we move on. You know, this isn't this isn't meeting my expectation." And it kind of crushed me, you know. It not kind of it, it did crush me because you know I like helping people, and I was I was doing the opposite in this situation. And I would say the lesson that I learned is. Be completely honest with yourself up front and honesty all the way through. If you've got deadlines as a creative, even if you're going to miss those deadlines, communicate that. And I, that's something that I had failed to do. Fast forward a little bit to the end of the story. I, I had apologized. I we, we worked out a little sort of a deal. And, um, you know, because of that honesty after, after the fact and, and coming to terms with, with where we were at, where it, we were able to work on future projects. So definitely that was a hard lesson that I had to learn one of my, my failures as a producer. And I wouldn't say it was complete failure. End of the story. It was a, it was a good bump in the road, a good lesson. 
For sure. For sure. I love that. It's that idea of being honest with ourselves because mm -hmm. it's really easy as creatives to have the big lofty goals. Yeah. And those are really important, but we almost have to also match them with the, the skill set we are at at the moment, but mm -hmm. also just the, the idea of what the project calls for. It's like you said, you probably weren't thinking, you're like, man, I could do this. And you, you want to help. And sometimes we overextend ourselves. Man, that, that's, that's such a good lesson to, to learn. And yeah, the failures are always tough, but man, the lessons that come from them are really what brings the most growth, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I'm a, I'm a better producer because of it, a better person and more realistic now. <laughs> sure, for sure. But even with the being realistic, it also comes back to the idea that we can always, we can always grow. And we mm. can always dream bigger, but to kind of transition you. So you, I saw where you were mentioning on your social media and you even mentioned it earlier, you have your personal single coming out, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Where I belong, I think is the name of it. Where I belong. That's right. Nice. And I'm not sure exactly when this will go live. The 27th is when the song goes live. Okay. Okay. So when you're, when they're seeing this playback, it might already be at, after that. Yeah. So if it is definitely go check it out now. <laughs> right and, now. And go, go buy it, go stream it, go do all the things you do with songs. But man, I would love to know where this song came from. Kind of like the story behind it and what it means to you. Yeah. So the... The song title kind of came out as I was as I was writing the song, and I guess how I how I like to write my songs, not all of them, but in, in many cases, I like to envision my verse as some sort of conflict, right, in, in a story. So I write the conflict, and then the chorus is the resolution to that conflict. And I was writing a story about this this person who is just completely lost, completely beaten up by the world, you know, living in this this hole of a life and completely messed up in, in sin and and finding forgiveness, finding grace in the father's arms and at the father's table. And I got to the end of the chorus and I ended on the line where I belong. And then I was thinking, I was you know, I write, I, I want to write this song from, from my story. I, I'm always preaching about preaching other artists and, and preaching to other people about how, how they should write with authenticity and write with their stories. And I'm thinking like, you know, I'm really, I was, I was a homeschooled, a homeschooler from Sheboygan. I, I mean, I, I've never done drugs, never drank alcohol, never, you know, a very clean, clean cut Christian, you know, I, was never hung out on any of that stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, is this really authentic to, to me? And I rewrote the, the verse and really crafted the song around this idea of where I belong, no matter, no matter my story, no matter where you come from. So I rewrote the verse to, to talk about mom and dad. They raised me to, to love the Lord and serve on my own. And the second line is, my life's been far from perfect, but this is all that I've ever known. And I go on to to describe this seemingly, you know, relatively easy life as this Christian kid. Regardless, I'm running to 
the father's arms and I find I find a place, I find a home at his table. And then I I later tie in the story verse two of in my teen years, um maybe a little bit more adventurous, every adventure that I would I would take, every journey that I would take, trying to to find adventure, trying to find resolution outside of the arms of God. It every journey just kept leading me right back to his grace. And at the end I tie it in and, and say, this is where I belong, but this is where you belong too, no matter your story. So that's that's the idea of the song where I belong is finding peace, finding safety, finding home and shelter in in the Father's arms, no matter where you come from. Man, dude, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. We're gonna be streaming that one as much as I can. And you people listening at home, if it's already out by the time this is out, go listen to it, go buy it. Man, where can they find you as far as someone listening right now? Where can they contact you if they want production or if they want to just connect with you? Yeah, the best place I would say I'm most active on on Instagram. You can find me at Caleb Holmgren. Hit me up, follow me, DM me, whatever, and we can we can go from there. But yeah, Instagram, I'm I'm on all of the social medias for the most part, all the ones that I know of, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, but Instagram's where I, I hang out most right. of the time. You're not on the Be Real. <laughs> be Real, I have no be idea real, what that the, is. The Be Real, the TikTok, the, I don't know. It's hard to keep up, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you being a, a youth pastor as well, I'm sure you you try to keep up and it's very hard. I, I, I try to stay informed. I understand that being serving in youth and I'm like, as the older I get, they don't get older. So I'm like, what is happening? Yes. Yes. But man, with that said, that idea, so you're a youth pastor and, and you also preach some, what do you think is something that you've learned from crafting messages and being a pastor that's translated to your music? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. Um, so after understanding that I was I was called to to minister as a, a young person and putting myself under the the mentorship of my pastor and and some other leaders within my church I learned very good lessons from from them and one of those lessons was how to how to craft a message how to communicate effectively when when writing and just talking, whether that's it's formatting your message all the way down to the content, obviously, of the message. And one analogy that rings in my head clear to this day is that you want you want your message to come across like you're trying to land an airplane. So a smooth takeoff and a smooth landing. But it's still an airplane and it still it still lands. It doesn't fly to another destination. You know, very, very consistent. So I try to try to keep my songs and my messages singular focused. What's the one point that I want to drive home? So and every every word that I speak um, needs to support that point. Even if I come off the trail a little bit to maybe highlight some different colors or something, I've always got to come back to that that main spot to make a smooth landing. So whether I'm writing a song, writing a message, I got to take off the airplane smoothly and land it smoothly. 
I'm landing the plane, man. I love it. The amount of times just, just growing up in church and, and hearing my pastors or a pastor just saying, all right, I'm landing the plane. Yeah, <laughs> really? So funny. <laughs> so funny. Are you sure? This is my fourth close. Oh, or my oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my favorite. We were doing a, a Wednesday night service, so we have a little bit more flexibility. And my pastor had a lot of material to cover for his message. And our, our keys player went up towards the end per usual, how it kind of goes, you're going, yeah. the keys are going up for the close. And before he could get to the keys, he stopped them and said, you probably want to sit down. I got at least five more minutes, but it was just such a, a funny moment. But man, yeah, I, I love that perspective of having that singular focus to, because it's so easy as we get these creative thoughts and this like stream of consciousness, especially as writers and songwriters, is we get into that space of wanting to go to all the stories at once. But I, I love that thought of keeping that singular focus and really landing the plane and taking off properly and still landing the plane and getting that point and driving it home. Man, I love that. And with that said, you mentioned that you, you had pastors that really helped you carve messages and create messages. I'd love to hear, so who are the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you? Oh, that's so good. I would say number one would be my dad. For obvious reasons, I would not be here and I would not be the the man that I am today because of, of his guidance and his wisdom. He is a pastor himself. So I, I grew up in a, a pastor's home to an extent. He, he became a, a fledged pastor in my teenage years. So I, I got to grow up in that sort of an atmosphere, kind of a glass house, to be honest with you, being a, a PK. But I, I learned so many lessons from from him, too many to count. And then there, there would be my youth pastor. I, I owe so much to, to him. I, I can't say where I would be today without his guidance in adolescent years. So many questions in, in those formative stages of my life, whether it's trying to understand my calling and understanding certain questions that I had in the Bible. And he, and he was such an inspiration for me in music as well. He was, uh, insane saxophone player the first time i met him i was like whoa <laughs> so i want to know that guy he wasn't even my youth pastor yet he was just a, a superstar in my eyes when when he when he did and it meant so much to me to have somebody of that caliber pour himself into me so that that spoke volumes and then my pastor i would say my lead pastor is is my last and, and uh one of my most influential mentors in my life for many of the same reasons that my youth pastor and, and my dad were. He's my spiritual authority and he is he's a backer of of my passion for music and in the ministry. In fact, I'm I'm super grateful for the opportunities that he's allowed me and that he's given me as as a young person. I know of many Many churches that don't give the same opportunities to young people in, in music. And, and he's allowed our youth group to, um, to be able to be involved in, in our main services. And it just brings a spark to our services to have young blood in, in worship and in different facets of, of church. In fact, he allowed us to write our theme song for our church. We got to we got to play it a couple of weeks ago for our, our theme launch service. So there's a a couple group of young people in in my youth group who love songwriting, and I see that as a great opportunity. Not 
not only to pour into them as as Christian young people, but as Christian creatives, as creatives, to be able to to harness that talent for songwriting. So we, I got them in this room. Actually, we we recorded a demo and finished writing the song. Made for more is what it's called. So super grateful. Those are my those are my mentors. Man, I love that. I love how they're all pastors too. He's not great. This, this church kid life, this PK life. But man, I'm I'm not a PK, but I definitely I've been well involved in church for half of my life, I guess you could say. The the earlier half, not so much, but definitely since the middle of high school and even growing up, I can remember those those impactful pastors in my life. And there's something to be said there too, even about your life, how there's such an, an anointing that comes on our lives and such a it's it's just beautiful when we choose to submit to spiritual authority and that's a a hard topic especially i feel like now just in the space in the state of everything the world is this idea of just being submitted to spiritual authority it it gets almost a bad rap but if you're submitted to the right people then you understand. And it sounds like you're definitely someone who has been submitted to the right people and you understand just the the anointing and the accountability and just, man, when God's on, on, on a space and you're just able to be a part of that, it's just, it's crazy to just see what God will do. I'm just thinking again, as you were talking, I was just thinking back into my own life and even currently like, Man, my pastors now, they definitely would be like at the top of my list for the most influential people in my life. Cause it's like you said, like it's, yeah, they, they're able to see things that, that we can't see. And man, I love that. I just love that whole, that whole thought process there. And even I love how you mentioned you now as the youth pastor or leading these young people to write and stuff. I would love to hear kind of your thoughts. So we we have some youth in, in our church that yeah. started to kind of say, hey, I'd like to write songs. What's something you might say to maybe some youth pastors that are out there listening or youth leaders out there listening, how they could kind of get that started? Because what was, what was yeah. your process in starting that up? Yeah, yeah. Man, there was a couple of things. There was... I just noticed recently in in our particular church organization this this flux of creativity and that being songwriting and just this just this passion for for music and songwriting and I I noticed that a couple of my students were taking an interest to that and they would they would listen and and memorize all of these songs that were coming out by these particular artists within our organization what I would just encourage other youth pastors and and other leaders in similar situations is to find those those young people, find community in in that it's not weird. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I think creatives, we we wear our hearts on our sleeves and we're afraid to share that that creativity for uh for sake of not wanting to be crushed, right? I think the best advice I could give is is find those young people, tap into it as soon as you can, encourage them, lift them up, get them into a room together and and see what happens. Great things happen when 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 I did it, when we got the young people. It was just for now it's just two of them. Two of them and then myself. We're already talking about 
writing more songs for our church and releasing it in general. So, Man, I love it. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, we're getting kind of to where I, I like to start wrapping up and the the show. And I like to wrap up with a couple questions, but but this one in particular is this thought, and you've probably heard it before, so you might know where where I'm going. So sure. it's this idea of so you're on your deathbed, you live to be 95, 120, whatever you're planning, however long you're planning to live. Oh, what? What do you want to be remembered for? Mm. I want to be the guy that people look at and say, that that guy made me feel closer to Jesus. That guy pointed me to Jesus. That guy pointed me in the right direction. Uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for him, you know, where would I be? I wanna I wanna be that guy that that inspires, encourages students encourages adults people from any stage of life of the the goodness of god and, and to stay faithful to, to his word i want to be a, a disciple maker that's what i want to be come on yes i agree completely man so what are some questions like what did i miss out on asking or do you have any questions for me Oh man, you know, let's see. I, I'm sure I I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. So what did what did your your faith and your creative journey kind of look like? As far as like, let's see. That man, that's such a that's, it, that's it's very that's yeah, it's very, very big. It is. As far have you been to have you been raised in church? Right. So technically I, I love to explain it like this. Growing up, me and my family were creasters, <laughs> and you probably heard the term Christmas and Easter creasters. So, like, you go oh yeah, Bible, you go twice or you get. So, I'm in Texas, so I'm in the Bible Belt. So it was kind of like you go to church; it was the thing to do. It was checking yeah. off the box. So, growing up, that was kind of where I was at, and we would be kind of we would be in church for a while, but it was never really knowing Jesus. It was kind of going to church because that's what you do from when you're in the Bible Belt. But then I would say it was towards right after high school. I went through a serious breakup. You know how it is when you're in high school. I thought I thought she was the one. I was like devastated when we broke up. And I had a friend of mine invite me to a youth group. And I had probably been out of high school for almost a year. So I was kind of hesitant. But I was friends with this guy. He was still a senior. He was like, dude, come to my youth group. It's great. And I'd always grew up like in super t traditional church, like, yeah, you know, robes and candle lighters, that kind of stuff. Okay. And, okay. and I walk into this non-denominational youth group and like there's a full band and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And I just like, I felt the Holy Spirit for the first time, like it encountered yeah. God. And just from there, my life was just radically changed. And I mean. That that became my youth group, which became me serving, running sound for a while, which became me starting to learn how to play drums. And my youth pastors planning a church a little bit further down <laughs> down the street because they felt called to an area closer to the Dallas area. Okay. And so we we did that. I went with them. Was the sound guy. We were portable. We set up. We tear down. We did the whole thing. 
And then we needed a drummer, and I was just like always wanting to play drums, even when I was little. Like I tried out, I tried out for my sixth grade drum line and didn't make it, and was crushed. And <laughs> so, this is dumb, never gonna play drums. But then, like you know, God obviously turned that all around to me, like trying out, not being ready, and trying out twice for our worship team. So, man, my story. I not, I don't want to make the podcast at all about me, but. Man, yeah, and it's even it's it's so crazy how God works. Cause I can even think back as I'm telling that story, I was reminded of, I want to say it was probably a little bit, maybe it was like seventh, eighth grade. I was going to a Methodist church, and I wanted to play guitar, and I actually ended up learning like super basic guitar lessons, the key of G, the key of C. You know, I, I learned my G shapes, C shapes. Right. And I, I think I played once, and now that I remember, I played once at that Methodist church when I was in, like, middle school, early, late middle school, early high school, maybe. But it's funny, because I didn't even really think about that part of my story until now, yeah. but it's, and I think at one point I ran a camera or something at that church, too. But it's funny how, like, we think of those little bits of our, our story, and they were creative, yeah. but... Yeah. You almost forget about them, because life happens, and then they, they all come back full circle. But, yeah, but yeah, that's a little, that's a very condensed version of kind of my face yeah. journey in music. And then, of course, in 2008, I started rapping, which I mean, the people listening to my podcast probably get sick of hearing me talk about this story. But 2008, I started rapping. I loved secular rap, hardcore. <laughs> so I was definitely like living on that side of things, like wanting to be the, the dope rapper, to be yeah. the next Eminem. And then I heard people like KJ52, I heard Lecrae, they started planting that seed. So then I started making Christian rap, but really for me, because I didn't really understand who Jesus was. And then it all came full circle. 2011, radically got saved, understood God, started rapping for him, rapped until 2018 when I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, put down rap because I was calling you to something else. And that's around the time that I started playing drums for my church. And then I was kind of in a limbo space up until the end of last year when I started getting this, this thought to be more of a mentor, more of a coach for creatives and just kind of help nice. out in that space. And that's a very condensed space, a, a little background of me. Yeah. That's awesome. That was very, that was a very big, broad question. So <laughs> no, yeah, no, I love that question. And it's, it's great. Cause the more, cause I get something along that line when I do ask people if they have any questions for me. So I, I love to hear that. Cause it's like you said, you, when you answer, it, the more you answer it, the more you remember. <laughs> cause then I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I remember that time that I, I picked up the guitar and got some lessons and played i think once in my methodist church i played an electric and i'm pretty sure that they didn't even have me turned up and they shouldn't have because i wasn't getting that great but oh they were like yeah yeah we're, we're you know youth sunday kind of thing but i mean yeah. they, but they gave me an, an opportunity and they gave me a platform and that there's so much to that when it's like now when i'm i'm, I'm helping like i had that lesson today and i'm helping this guy learn to play drums and it's just it's so it's so beautiful how now looking back how serving has always been a part of me. And I yeah. and I see that as well with you. It's like at the core of all at the core of what I am and what I do is is I want to serve and help people. 
That's right. And and when we're doing that and we're making those disciple cycles, you know, then we're we're really living out our our purpose and our meaning. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's so good. And I love that question. That uh, that was a great question. I I appreciate you for for asking that question. Well, do you have any final words for the people at home before we close? I don't think I have any words. I I am wordless. Man, there you go people. He is he is wordless. He is speechless because we we've covered it all. That's right. Um, but I hope you got some great value out of this conversation. Go listen to his new song. If you are a young artist out there and you're looking for help in the production space of your phase of your music, if you've got a demo or something, definitely reach out to Caleb and he will he will help you. I, I feel like he's he's definitely got an ear and as he continues to perfect his craft, it's only gonna get better. And he's definitely I, I hear his heart already. And what in the small bit that I've known him, I can definitely say, and I want to encourage you, Caleb, in that moment, is it sounds like you truly have a heart for this this generation. And you truly have a heart for people and creative people at that. And and I love it. And keep being you. I appreciate that. Again, thanks for thanks for having me on and and lending me your platform for a little bit. And I enjoyed all the questions and and having a conversation with you. For sure. Yeah, it's been so fun. So thanks again, Caleb, for being on the show and you watching and listening at home. As always, you know, I love to close with this. I'm praying for you, friend. I love you. Now let's go live better than best as we conquer this week. Amen.